I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Wednesday, May 15, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. We have a lot of stuff going on. We have a laundry list of items to go through tonight. The market had an intraday reversal early in the morning today. We finished near the highs, right underneath the 50-period moving average. That was a spot that we discussed just yesterday. We're going to pick apart the market. We're going to go over all the stuff. We're going to go over the short-term stuff, and then we're going to go over the longer-term stuff. We're going to put the pieces of the puzzle together as best we can. Before we get rolling, let me just pause and thank everybody for participating and posting comments underneath the video each and every night. I love the interaction, and you know how I especially love the banter back and forth. In addition, if it's worthy, but only if it's worthy, hit the thumbs up button on the video, and then go ahead and share the video with anybody that you think can benefit from this information. Back to business. So let's discuss a couple of things. Let's kind of take the bird's eye view, let's take the 30,000 foot view, and then we'll drill down a little bit. So we came into the green zone, if you will, 282.50 down to 280.71. Never looks like it's going to hold, but essentially it held, and now we're getting a rally away from that area. It bantered back and forth for a couple of days. Early this morning, looked like they were going to go and retest the lows from Monday, turned around, went in the other direction. Here we are close to the 50-period moving average. Where did we go today? What was the actual high? What was interesting was, and I noted this for Inside the Numbers members during the session today, we had a target on the upside. We had two potential targets today. They didn't both necessarily have to be reached today, but we had an idea of where and why the market was going somewhere. And you see the red lines on the chart in front of you. If you drill down, and here's an intraday 10-minute chart, you can see a number 285.67. That number was given out earlier today to Inside the Numbers members and the reasons why that number was important. Any trader that's taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader is able to identify the same exact price level as being important, and you can see what happened when the market came to that price level. The first time was a near miss over here, and this was about uh, midday, so about 12 o'clock in the afternoon, a near miss. The market pulls back, but not really too much. We basically just went sideways. They made another run and then was rejected once again toward the end of the day. But it's not necessarily a big rejection. We've discussed this many, many times. How the market was rejected or not rejected from this price tag necessarily can give us information about how important that price is and if, in fact, there is another destination the market has in mind. There's another destination up above. 286.50, we discussed that one yesterday. You can see here on the 10-minute chart, and even if I go over to an hourly chart, you can see that there's also a gap that's important. The market will think that that gap is important. 
Whether or not they fill that gap sooner than later, either way, that gap is important. But what are the headwinds? Well, there are a lot of headwinds. A, the market hit an important area today. It hit an important number today. And those traders that have taken the course will understand what importance and why 285.67 has on the market. Now, some of the headwinds, obviously, you can see the 50-period moving average, which is the blue sloping trend line. That was what really stopped the market in its tracks today, along with, and it's ironic, not really, there are no accidents or coincidences in the market, but it is ironic that the 285.67 comes in right around where the 50-period moving average on the hourly chart comes in at the end of the day. There's no accidents, there's no coincidences. And in addition, we have essentially a downsloping trend going on here. So you can see, you can call it a channel, a downsloping trend, whatever it is. Now the market can actually gap above this channel in the morning. That's one way it can get through an important resistance area, a level that has overhead resistance. The market can actually gap above it. So let's say we had a gap open tomorrow morning the market was gapping higher at the open somewhere up above this channel that could potentially be a gap and go scenario i'm drawing an arrow way up more than i expect the market to go tomorrow however you never know there is a gap up here can they get that over the next day or two anything is possible certainly there had been a lot of puts bought in this market so there can be another leg of short covering rally in store. Back to the daily chart, what about the other side? Can the market fail? Well, we're expecting the market to fail. It doesn't necessarily have to fail at current price. But remember, we discussed this a few times. So the market comes down and it finds support in the green zone. What was it likely to do if in fact it found support in the green zone? One of two things, potentially make a bear flag pattern down here, that would promote another leg lower, or the other thing was very similar, which is essentially a bearish wedge pattern, and that's what appears to be developing now. Do we go up to the 20 period moving average around 288, 289? Very, very possible. We don't know if it's probable, but it certainly is possible. Remember, a lot of puts bought in the market, panic buying can ensue, sending the S&P up 20, 30 handles in relatively short order. Happens all the time. Ultimately, we're expecting, or I'm expecting, a lower high out of this current market setup. So here's the high, and if we rally up a little bit more, wherever we stop, whether it's up a lot higher or down here where we were today, or maybe even slightly higher, my expectation is ultimately we're going to see a lower high and we're going to see lower lows than we've already seen. Doesn't all have to happen in one bite. And remember, the market's job is to make as many traders look like fools as much of the time as possible. Case in point, right on cue, the emails started to pile up today asking the question, was this a bottom and will the market make new highs? Now, we made a bottom two days ago. 
This morning, the market had certainly the ability to go down at a minimum, test the lows from Monday, and even lower than that. We were really only about 13 or 14 S&P handles away. That really isn't a lot of points in the big scheme of things. Here we are at the end of the day, and I already have emails asking if we're going to make new highs. That's right on cue. The more bullish behavior that we get, the more bulls that jump on board, the better it is for the longer term picture. The higher they go here, the harder they'll fall here. And that's just the way the market works. Right now, it looks like, because the media says so, that we're going to get a deal with China. It looks like Trump is giving some relief in terms of tariffs to Europe in the automotive industry. It looks like they're trying to work a deal. Tomorrow, it could look like something else. Next Tuesday, it could look like something else. This isn't necessarily only about China. Remember, we've been discussing the fact that when the market does go lower once again, other items that are out there, Iran, North Korea, geopolitics, Venezuela, Europe, the list goes on and on and on. We can always find a reason the market is down. So if the market and when the market is down once again, it doesn't necessarily have to be only related to China. Today, China is front and center. Believe me when I tell you, they will pile on the bad news at the right time. And most of it likely won't be new news. It will be known news. It's always a battle of the knowns versus the unknowns. The unknowns cause the black swan events, but the knowns, all the things and a lot more that I already mentioned, these are knowns, but they will pop up again and be perceived as issues. I want to take a detour and I want to go back to the topic of no accidents, no coincidences in the market. So inside the numbers, members will know about this one. So CRM this morning was one of the trades on the board at 153.75. Now, what's interesting is before the market opened, the stock was trading well above that area. That was the target and the buy price. Before the opening bell, for some reason, the data feed that I used to price the stocks had an error only related to CRM. It was showing the price level as already being triggered when there was no pre-market trades down at 153.75. Here is part of the morning notes, and you see where it says, of note, CRM is showing entry hit as yes. It's an error in the data feed. It was not hit. Please ignore that column in that row. It's not working on this stock on this day. We'll take a detour for a second from CRM, and we'll show that we had a whole host of updates today only because there was a lot of activity. We had a reversal. It makes sense to keep the traders apprised of what's going on, at least from the lens that I view the market from. Here you can see an early afternoon update. I'm not going to read it out loud. You can pause the video and read it if you're interested. The midday update at 11.45, the mid-morning update at 10.30, and then we had the pre-market morning notes, and you can see they were relatively lengthy this morning, so I'll scroll down a little bit, and you can see it in its entirety. Nobody's suggesting it was an easy market to trade today, however... Knowledge is power, and the more knowledge you have, the more powerful your trading becomes. 
Let's get back to CRM. So the point is that the air quote irony of it is the opening price today happened to be 153.70 a nickel or 5 cents below the buy price even though it showed triggered in the morning in the data feed and that's just market data that feeds in I don't have control of it it had an error without a trade and we ended up opening down there so I'll put that in the category of shenanigans and we'll just leave it at that and by the way just keep in mind these are real numbers think about that for a second even though it spiked through a little bit when the market was wild in the first few minutes of the day you can see the importance of that number a we opened up a nickel below and b we ripped right back above it getting as high today as 156.38 that's a day trade the only issue is where it opened kind of threw me for a loop and traders that have taken the course understand what we do when a price opens below a certain target let's get back on the market horse and we'll go over to the IWM which is my favorite market leading indicator so things look good today the IWM is up the Dow is up the S&P is up everything is up at the end of the day or at least it appears that way but when you look under the hood did we have relative strength or relative weakness in the IWM we had relative weakness meaning the IWM was up less than the SPY was up today it did a nice turnaround in fact it was really getting creamed at the open just like everything else but it had a nice turnaround but at the end of the day still showed relative weakness it's of note it's my favorite market leading indicator and you can see we're below the 50 and 200 period moving averages there's a gap right next to or slightly above those moving averages so is it likely that the market if we have another positive day would that be magnetic would the market be trying to fill that gap and the answer is yes however you have to be aware of the trick trap fool and frustrate crew because they may open the market down and reverse it they may make a run for it a gap higher you never know exactly how it's going to unfold but if you're armed with the data ahead of time you're in better shape than most ultimately the same expectation holds true for the IWM that we discussed in the SPY this is either a bear flag pattern or a bearish wedge pattern either way there's a lot of overhead resistance up in the 155 to 157 area you see the moving averages you see the gap there's a lot of overhead resistance up in that zone look at all the time that the IWM spent bantering back and forth in here before trying to break out and failing so folks this is not necessarily a healthy sign it's not a sign of strength it's more a sign of a weakness and dead cat bounce that picture can change but right now that's the puzzle piece that's on the table we just have to be ready for more circus type activity more rip your face off rallies and more pull the rug out type of declines for all markets the weekly close is always important so as we edge closer to the end of the week it's going to be extremely important to focus on the weekly close where these markets close the week will tell a big tale it could be above 
on the 50 period moving average. We could have a failure. We don't know what's going to happen by the end of the day Friday. There's two full trading sessions left. A lot can happen. What's doing down at the transportation department? Well, it looks very similar to the IWM. It's my second favorite market leading indicator. And guess what? It looks very similar to the IWM. We've been what we'll call oversold. Now, oversold is a relative term because there's no set measure for a market that's oversold or overbought. A market can be oversold and become more oversold and the reverse, overbought just the same. But when you're down a thousand points or 10% in around a couple of weeks, more like three weeks, that 10% plus or minus becomes a qualified oversold type of condition. Doesn't mean we couldn't have went lower, but it's just a phrase oversold. So it's not uncommon to get the dead cat bounce. How high can we go? A lot's going to depend on that 50 period moving average. Remember the discussion from the other day. The 50 period moving average is important. It's important to institutional investors. So you can imagine that they're going to fight to close the week back above the 50 period moving average. If they do that and Friday closes these markets, a back above the 50 period moving average, that's going to be viewed as bullish behavior. Here's a picture of the weekly chart. Remember this area here? We talked about that. We talked about right above that there was more overhead resistance. And then we also discussed the 50 week moving average. And there we are. Are we going to close above or below the 50 week moving average? I think that will be a telling tale. It's also another potential telling tale. This is more important than a daily chart by 5x, right? A week is five days worth of trading activity. So here we have a potential. Now we don't know for sure, but we have the potential and the makings of another lower high scenario. That's not a bullish sign. That's a bearish sign. But remember, they're not going to give up the ghost that easy. It's hard to kill a bull and they're not going to just roll over. They do put up a fight. The market will put up a fight. That's where the rip your face off rallies come from. Silicon Valley, the queues, same routine. We looked at some of the stocks in the queues yesterday and ironically enough, and there are no accidents or coincidences, those stocks went screaming higher today. You had the likes of Amazon up $36, Apple up $235, Facebook up 567 or 3%, Netflix up almost 3%, Google, which we discussed, up almost 4%. So therefore, here's a tremendous move in the queues, up 1.6%, headed right for where? Right for the gap. We closed on top of basically the daily chart 50 period moving average. So in terms of the cues, they're a little bit ahead of the other markets. Does that tell a tale? Not necessarily. They're all really headed for the same spot. One can be ahead of the other. Markets don't necessarily have to trade in tandem all day, every day, but they're going to trade in the same general direction. That's the way it works. By the way, just to reiterate, across all the markets, the line in the sand is Monday's low. Closing below Monday's low, if we get some kind of a failure at any point, and whenever we close below Monday's low, that's the signal there's going to be a lot lower prices 
when and if that happens, what other evidence can we uncover? The XLF. We didn't really have a great day in the XLF. It was down about four-tenths of 1%. So you did not have participation from the financials. We talk about this all the time. Unless the financials are going to get a rally and participate on the upside, it's unlikely that the rest of the market gets very far. The financials have to participate if we're going to get a broad-based rally. If we're going to get new highs, that's a broad-based rally, and you have to get participation from the financials. Without that, no dice. How about the SMH, which is one of the proxies we use or leading indicators as well for the semiconductor space. The SMH already went to fill the gap, but get this one, missed by five cents. Again, no accidents or coincidences, not saying they won't get it tomorrow, but the high today is 109.75. As far as I'm concerned, 109.80 is officially filling the gap. Are we going to read into that by too much? No, I'm not. And the reason is, When I drill down and look at an hourly chart, for example, a couple of things jump out at me. The first thing is we're in a downtrend. The second thing is we have a nice big breakup candle here. That's something to quote unquote trade against. We could be making a bullish flag pattern and there is another gap right here and that gap will be filled if in fact we reach 110.49 in the SMH. So you could look at it as simple ebb and flow in the market. The market goes up, the market goes down. The market goes up, the market goes down. Not sure if this is meaningful or not, but here's another channel, and you can see what happened today, and we didn't necessarily get the same look across the board everywhere, but this channel in particular broke out to the upside. Now, maybe we come back down to retest, maybe we don't. Maybe we just take off to the upside. But this channel, if you want to look at it that way, is broken to the upside. I know I'm throwing a lot at you, but there's a lot going on across the markets. And when I open a chart and I see what I see, I'm just trying to let you inside my head, which you know is a dangerous place to be. But it's everything I'm seeing. I'm just laying it on you piece by piece. I'm doing what they call the data dump. And with that, I'm going to give it a wrap. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My strategic forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit mystrategicforecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.